Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. This Sunday, right now, is really the Sunday that's called Epiphany. Epiphany is Wednesday, but uh, this is the Sunday you teach. If you teach out of the BCP, um, you'd be teaching from the wise men in Matthew chapter 2. And ironically, the verse that the Lord spoke to me from in October is the reading this morning. So if you got your Bible, I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 1. Look at your neighbor and say, it's in the Bible. You got your electronic Bible? You, you all right? Did you just get out of the habit over, you missed one Sunday and you're out? Listen, I like being talked back to. Oh, you're, you're, you're just not. Brandon, good to see you, man. I heard a rumor. Was that a surprise or what? I was, I'm going to say, I thought you were still halfway around the world. I, I, I had no clue you were even in this uh, hemisphere. Brandon serves in uh, the military. Give Brandon a holler. You've been in Afghanistan? A year, right? Were you? Ten months. It's good to have you home safe, son. Just, just really good. So don't, don't, don't cry. Don't, don't, I bet Mama's. What a great Christmas present! That is really awesome. Oh, um, uh, squirrel. Um, Ephesians chapter one, verse fifteen. October the 29th, I was in prayer, and the Lord spoke to me, and He said, "Quentin, the social symptoms of the world are but symptoms of a spiritual war that's going on." I want you to disengage from the social issues and engage in the spiritual battle that is over the souls of men. And uh, if any of you lived through the last year, you'd realize that there were a lot of social issues, right? Good to have Mark up walking around. How you feeling, buddy? Feeling good? Good to see you. Uh, my brain is running through the crowd. I'm making some notes to some folks. Um, and he said the social issues that have taken control of people's attention are symptoms, that the real issue is the spiritual battle that's going on for the souls of men. And I want to tell you that I really do believe that 2020 was a distraction. That all of 2020 was a distraction from what was really happening. And the word of the Lord gave to me at the beginning of the year was to focus. And if there was every year we needed to focus, is last year. There's a lot of stuff that went on. And you had to stay focused on your faith or you were going to get sidetracked by a lot of other things. And... Uh, so I did. I took four days in October, went away to pray. I went away to pray before the election, quite frankly, because I'd heard enough. And uh, so I had spent, I spent four days literally walking and praying and laying on my face. And, and the Lord spoke to me out of this scripture, out of Ephesians chapter 1, and specifically verse 18 and 19, but I'm going to read into it. Verse 15, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, he said, I heard that you love Jesus. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened or flooded with light, that you might know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of his glory in the inheritance of the saints and what is the exceeding great power that is towards you who believe. Wow. I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding, that you'll have a spirit of wisdom, and I want you to know, and that word know is to intimately, personally be acquainted with through experience of union. 
It's like a marriage. You thought you knew her, and then 10 years later, you really did know her. It's not something that you can learn in your head. It's something you have to experience. I want you to know what the hope of your calling is. See, outside of a calling, there is no hope. If you have not answered the calling to follow Jesus, you are hopeless. If you have not answered the calling to give your life to Jesus, you have no hope. Hear me, just to know about him is not hope. But to give your life to him, there's hope in following Christ. What is the hope of his riches? Listen to me, God wants to make you rich. He wants to break the poverty of your spirit. He wants to break the poverty of your mind. He wants to break the poverty of your soul. He wants you to live in the riches of his glory. And that word glory means the weight of his presence. He wants you to live in the fullness of who he is. And thirdly, he wants you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power. He wants you to know his power. Now think about this a minute. He wants you to have power, dudamus, that is greater than an atomic weapon. I want you to stay right here and I don't want you to move until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, he will empower you. Do you understand that the last promise that Jesus makes while on the earth is to give you his power? I'm just asking you if last year, haven't you had enough with feeling weak, out of control, and powerless? I don't know about you, but I've had enough of having to depend upon myself. I've had enough of having to depend upon some politician's promise. I've had enough of hearing some medical promise. I've had enough of living on the promises of human systems. I want the promise and the power that comes from a relationship with God. And he said, I want the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened, that you'd have a spirit of wisdom. It's going to take wisdom to understand the hope and the riches and the power of God. Human understanding is not going to get this. It's not going to get it. But I want to be empowered. I want to know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. Are there any believers in here this morning? Listen, we've all heard of power. If you was raised like I was raised, some of you were. If you were raised in a, in a system that I was raised in, we heard a lot about power. We didn't see much of it, but we heard a lot about it. We shouted about it a lot, right? But to really experience it was something entirely different. Quite frankly, I had to go overseas to see it. Because America is so dependent upon her own systems that she doesn't know how to engage by faith in something beyond. But if you live in Kenya, there isn't anything there. If you lived at that time in southern Mexico, you couldn't depend on the medical truck to show up. It wasn't there. Uh, and I begin to discover as I travel overseas that there is this power of God toward those who believe. I, I'm going to ask it again. Are there any believers in here? Anybody here want to believe that 2021 could be the year that we could have our eyes open, that we might truly experience, come to know and settle in the power of God that has been released towards those? It's interesting in the reading of the BCP how this verse then is connected to the reading of the gospel of the wise men. 
See, we all know the gospel of the wise men. It's only found in Matthew. Mark, Luke, and John don't carry it. But, but you all know it, right? And most of you know it through songs. We three kings. They weren't kings, by the way. They didn't ride on camels. They rode on horses. They were Arabians. They didn't come on donkeys. They weren't at the manger. The scriptures say when they came to the house. So everything you know about the wise man, just forget it because it was secondhand information. It was like secondhand smoke. It was fake news. It's not really true. I'm just saying to you, we have postcards and we put on plays and we have camels and but they weren't kings. They rode on horses. They were rich men. And they came two years later. The boy was now a toddler. They weren't in a manger. They, they, they were in a house. And they got there because they saw, I, I, I nearly slapped Brad because I thought, sit down, shut up. I'm the only one that God can talk to. You didn't get it. A star. A star. A star. They didn't have scriptures. They didn't have Sunday school class. They didn't have tweets, messages. They didn't have any of that. They had a star. Did you know God can make himself known to you through a donkey? Did you know God can use anything he wants to to reveal who he is to you? That the Bible says you are without excuse because everything that can be known about the power and the invisibility of God is known through creation. All you got to do is look at a baby and you know there's a God because man did not do that. And them wise men kept looking at heaven, and they saw a star. They followed a star. What have you been following? They were willing for the heavens to reveal to them the presence of a king. Listen, things are changing. Can I tell you something? Wise men are able to see in the heavens what other people overlook. Wise men are able to see things and stuff that other people say, oh, that's impossible. Listen, they followed a star to the Messiah. What are you following? They recognized that history, stories had told them. You do understand that these wise men were sons of Abraham. You know, Abraham had a wife named Sarah who had a son named Isaac. Everybody know that? But how many of you know Abraham married a second time? He married a second time to a woman by the name of Keterah, and they had a whole bunch more kids. And the wise men are the sons of Keterah. They understood that Abraham was their father and that Isaac was the one born of Sarah, but they were also children of Abraham. And through Abraham, all the nations of the world would be blessed. So the promise didn't just go to Isaac, it went to all the sons and the daughters of Abraham, even these wise men who had been waiting for 42 generations to be recognized as these wise men had relatives that were in the court of Nebuchadnezzar when Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were there, and their wisdom did not measure up to the wisdom of Daniel, and Daniel told them that there was a bright and morning star that would come that would acknowledge the dawning of a new day and a new kingdom of which they would also be a part of. And these Arabian wise men had been waiting for 42 generations to see the star that would point to the gift that was theirs. And none of the religious people knew what was going on. Herod was too busy playing games with Caesar. Herod was in bed with the systems of the world. Herod was making deals with Rome and Rome with Herod. 
And the religious system was all about who was in and who was out. The system was screwed up. But wise men came looking for a Messiah, for a Christ, for the one that would restore all humanity back together. See, wise men still look for signs that point to the spiritual reality. What are we looking at? I'm telling you, we ain't going back to normal. We're going home another way. Those wise men showed up and they did a few things that we need to be doing. And by the way, they inaugurated another way. Brothers, sisters, I love you, but we ain't going back. What has been taking place over the last 10 or 11 months is the dawning of a new day. It's the dawning of a new time. There's going to be a new king in the kingdom. Every time we celebrate Christmas, we are remembering that a king was born. And that king was announcing his kingdom. And that kingdom is not of the kingdoms of this world. It doesn't function in the world way. It functions by the system of the word. The problem is, is we've been waiting 2,000 years for believers to wake up and recognize the power that's available to them in the year 2021. Say today. That gift is for you today. The question is, what are you going to do with it? How many of you received something last week and you had no clue what to do with it? Right? I get gifts every year and I think, what? It doesn't fit. Right? It does. I have no idea. I, how many of you got a closet full of gifts that someone's given to you and it's like, huh? I, I mean, it doesn't fit who you are. It doesn't fit what you're doing. It doesn't fit where you're at. Can I tell you something about the gifts of God? They never fit who you are. They never fit where you're at. They never fit what you're doing. The gifts of God always speak to who you are in the future and what you're going to do in the future. The reason why many people in Jerusalem overlooked the birth of the Christ is because it didn't fit into their little world. See, God doesn't give gifts to highlight where you're at, who you are, or what you're doing. God gives you gifts to point to the destiny that is yours. Jesus is the gift of God. The word wrapped in flesh. God never gives anything to you unwrapped. He wrapped himself in flesh. You, you do realize that one of the things he did in the garden, he said, okay, Eve, you messed up, but you and I are going to make a deal. We're going to partner with one another. I'm going to use your flesh and give you my spirit. And the next time that you see me, it's going to be because we regenerated this thing. Going to take your gene and my gene and put those genes together and you're going to see a new man. A new, oh, you're done. Yeah. Listen, I ain't feeding you some happy meal. Just because your kids are sitting by you doesn't mean I'm giving you hot dogs. Listen, I grew up sitting in church. My dad had the strongest middle finger. <laughs> Bam! I could wake up. These gifts. How many know God's given you gifts? He's given you gifts ahead of time. Listen, he gave uh, th th this boy named Joseph a coat of many colors while he was running around out in the wilderness. Why would you give a boy a coat of many colors, a coat meant for a prince? That coat of many colors didn't make much sense when he was following sheep out in the but when he was the prince of Pharaoh, it made a lot more sense. God gave an anointing to David when he was a shepherd boy. Why would you? But the oil never lies. 
God will gift you in advance of who you are to help point you in the direction you should go. Every word from God, every gift from God will give you a direction but will withhold details. Every gift will come with a gift, but you're going to have to believe it. You're going to have to look at the gift and say, I don't understand it, so I need a spirit of wisdom to interpret what this gift means. Many of you are sitting on gifts, but you've never put them to practice. How is it he said it? You never let that light shine. You're sitting on the power that God has, and you're waiting for him to give you something he's already given to you. You're already gifted with all the power there is. There isn't anything else happening. He has been born, and he's ascended, and he sent gifts unto men. You've got them. You, how, how many are married? The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and the favor of God. Some of you have yet to realize that your wife is a good thing. You're struggling. Listen, this will go both ways. I can come and jump on you if you'd like me to. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an equal. <laughs> I'll be snarky both. It, it doesn't matter. But, but some of you have never received your spouse as a gift from God. Some of you never received your friends as a gift from God. You've never received your job. You've never received the breath that you're breathing. Listen, God comes to give gifts. Jesus was born to manifest that gift in our lives. Everything we have comes from that gift. Those wise men came. They saw that star. <laughs> the Word made flesh. The gift of God, the Word to us. How many know the Word is alive and living? That the word is alive and powerful, that not one word will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never wear out, never break down, never runs out, doesn't need wound back up, doesn't need batteries. It doesn't need a new download. It's fresh every morning. Isaiah 55 says, as the rain comes down and the snow comes down from heaven and does not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields the fruit. Listen, the rain, the snow comes down and it works somehow in the ground and harvest comes up. How many know that? Listen, when I was a kid growing up, my grandmother, had, we lived out, she lived out in, 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 Arcan, in the hills of Oklahoma around the Arkansas River, but, but they had trouble getting good water. So you remember those 55-gallon barrels? Listen, I, I, I 55-gallon. And she had this contraption coming off the roof, Brian, and, and water would run off the roof and into these 55-gallon barrels, and it was what we bathed in because it was clean. Yeah. We drank. But she saved the water. I grew up in Severy, Kansas. Listen, it was flat rock country. We didn't have rural water districts when I was a kid. We had cisterns. Stone cisterns that were laid up and they sit right behind the house and you had all kinds of gutterings catching everything and if you didn't catch enough of it, then dad had a trailer that had a 500 gallon tank and you went in town and you bought water and pulled it back out and you put it in the cistern. He said the rain, the snow come down and it causes things to grow. Are you here? Verse 11 says, and the same thing's true for the words that I speak. They will not return empty. They make things happen that I want to happen. They succeed in doing what I sent them to do. How many know the word became flesh? That he sent his word to heal us. That he does everything by his word. That his word is the gift. 
Here's the question. What have you been saving? You have wasted the word that's been given to you. The only reason there's not power happening now, Dale, is because people have not saved the word, the water. Just as the water comes down, if you save it in the 55-gallon barrels, you get to drink clean water, Dwayne. If you, if you run those gutters just right, they run into the cistern, and they're there when you're dry. What have we done with the word, the gifts that God has given us? We have not stored them. Listen, I can take you back there in my office. I got two drawers filled with prophetic words. Sonny Seal would sit right there and give me a prophetic word, and then write it down. I'd put it in a... Ruth Morrill, give me a prophetic word. I, I got in my phone right now a guy by the name of Alan Davenport, who was here 10 or 12 years ago. You remember him, Bruce, big guy. Uh, right now, yesterday, he messaged me and said, I have a word from God for you. Give me a call. The Bible says you make war with the words that God's given to you. That the word is alive and powerful. Listen, we have grown soft in the last 20, 35 years, and we've leaned on the systems of the world. And God is calling us to recover the word that he has given to us, the word that was birthed over 2,000 years ago. That word is a gift. Every word from God is alive. Every word that he speaks brings healing. There's power in every word. The problem is, is we've let it run off the roof and into the gutter and down the street. We've let it run off our backs. You've listened to me preach. And yet, you can hear the word, but if you don't mix it with faith, if you don't hold on to it, if you don't grab it, if you don't put it down. Listen, you thought I was going to back up? Listen, I am done with 2020. I'm done with leaning into the systems of the world and blaming whatever system it is for where we're at. I think I'd just soon take matters back into my own hands and put my faith in the Word of God and stand on the Word of God and see, listen, it can't screw up any more than... I'm trying to be nice. I really am. Man lives by these words. I love what Jesus says in Mark's gospel, the 11th chapter, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th verse. I've been standing here preaching it for over 25 years in this community, preaching it for 35 years. For some reason, people think that cultures change and what's important change. No, it's the same. Have faith in God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, is there a whoever in here? Two. Look at your neighbor and say, who are you if you're not a whoever? Who are you if you're not whoever? Whoever says, anybody here got lips? Whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. It's in the book. I'm telling, how many of you got one of these? Listen, you got this or you got this? Now, I don't care, but it's in Matthew it's in Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. It says, whoever says. Anybody here willing to say? Anybody here willing to speak the word of God? Anybody in here willing to go home this afternoon, look in the mirror, and just keep speaking the word of God until you believe that the word of God is meant for you? 
Oh, well. I had a little Chinese man one time, a Korean man actually, look at me one time and says, oh, you'll need to learn how to pray gold prayer. I thought he was saying gold prayer, and I thought I need some of that, so I need to listen. He was saying gold, G-O-A-L. He says, that means you take verse and you don't stop praying it until the verse make manifest. How many of you are willing to stake the word this year? This is the third day of 2021. How many of you could find about three verses that you just kept saying to yourself and to the mountain until that word began to manifest in your life? What have you got to lose? I want you to know what is the exceeding great power that is towards us who believe it begins by taking the word of God and leaning into it until the only thing you can think, the only thing you can speak, the only thing that comes through you is the word of the living God, the word that was made flesh and now lives in you. It is that word that has the power to stop viruses, that has the power to fix economic situations, that has the power to run the world. Listen to me. We've been listening to all the wrong stuff. Not the first time, Father's house, I've told you this, but it is the first time in 21 I've said, if you want the power, change what you're saying. Change what you're talking about. Change what you're speaking. What water are you holding on to? What gift have you received? Those wise men saw the star. They came. They humbled themselves and they worshiped. And they worshiped a baby. They, they, listen, they didn't let the manger fool them. They didn't let that baby fool them. Don't let the stories of Christmas fool you. The power of the universe was born. The word of the living God that made everything came into this world. We celebrated it. And this morning, we have the opportunity to become wiser. We have the opportunity to experience God. We have the opportunity to understand that we are the people that God was speaking to, that God has gifted us. We're gifted. Look at your neighbor and say, you're gifted. I couldn't play a piano if you made me. I try to sing and they turn me off. Have you ever watched? I'll step up here while those beautiful people are singing and I'll start singing and they turn off my mic. I'll open my eyes and go. That's me going, look, now they turn me up, my mic. And they keep me off. I, I've complained a few times. They said, yeah, but you ruined the feed. I said, what feed? She's the one going out over that. All we can hear is you off note. I don't know pitch. I thought that's something you did with a ball. <laughs> but I want you to know you're looking at the most gifted person you've ever met. I can't play a piano. I can't sing. I'm not very good at, at artwork. But I have news for you. I'm gifted. He gave his word to me. I refuse to pass through Christmas and not allow myself to realize that God has gifted us. That God gave himself to us. I love what Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was speaking to you, you would ask of me and I would give you a drink and you would never thirst again. 
I love what James says. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above, and there is no various of turning. Every gift. The gift of God is eternal life. The gift of grace, the gift of righteousness. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the Father know how to give? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm gifted. The moment Jesus was born into the world, the moment that the Word became flesh, the Word became mine. He said, if you'll stay right here, I'll give you the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift to you and to your children and all to who are afar off. And the gift of the Holy Spirit will empower you. Say with me, I have the gift. I have the gift of God in my life. Paul talks about that indescribable gift, that irrevocable gift. In other words, no one's going to show up and take it out from under your tree. All of you folks that think you can backslide, listen, he gave himself to you. He ain't taking it back. You're saved. You might be ignorant, but you're saved. You might be living stupid, but you're saved. Am I making any sense to anybody out there? This gets me kicked out of most places. His grace is sufficient even for your stupidity. I mean, everybody thinks God's grace is strong, except if it comes to a sinner who's stupid. God's smarter than that. Say, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, for that gift that never is revoked, never fades. I love what Paul says. He said, won't you stir that gift up? Won't you stop neglecting that gift, that, that, that gift, that one you have, those, how Paul says, those gifts of the Holy Spirit that give you wisdom and knowledge and faith and healing. See, this morning, it's too easy to slip by Christmas and miss the reality that God gave himself to you and that it's personal to Henry, to Bob, to George, to Wilma, to Henrietta. It's personal that I have this gift of God on the inside of myself and that there is nothing lacking in my life, that he's blessed me with every spiritual gift. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm gifted. And that gift hides the power of the living God this morning. Wise men know how to follow that star to that gift. Wise men know how to find exactly where he's at. Wise men know how to worship. They ain't listening to the Herods that act like they're going to worship. Herod is never going to worship. He's going to look to kill the gift. Listen, I've been charismatic my whole life. There are people that, oh, yeah, we're charismatic, but we just don't let that out. That's a Herod. I mean, let me call it the way it is. Oh, yeah, you, you find him, and we'll come and worship him. You lying dog. Can I just tell you, this is not the time that you want to pretend to believe in the Holy Spirit. This is not the time that you want to act like that you want to be born again, but you don't want the power of God. Because can I tell you, the virus is still out there. 359,000 people are dead in America today. 20 million people have had the silly thing. Listen to me. We need the power of God to work and to manifest in our lives so that the kids sitting beside you can go back to school. We need the power of God that resolves the economic system and not a bunch of senators trying to pass another bill. We need the power of God to manifest in our physical bodies, in our mental bodies, in our financial situations, 
Church, we got to stop looking at the Herods and the Romans of this world. We got to move beyond the empire and begin to put a... This is not a time. America, it has been... Oh, it's been kind of okay to pretend that you're charismatic because you sing worship songs. Listen to me. I don't need a Herod faking it. I need people that'll stand up and understand. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the gifts of healing. I need the gifts of faith and finance. I need those in my life. And I'm telling you, there's an exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe that will manifest in the lives of believers who stand up and say, not my way, but the word's way. I'm not, oh. I know this is offensive. Can I tell you something? I ain't got time to run in conspiracy theories. I'm just trying to run in him. I'm telling you, I ain't got time to wait on them. I ain't got time to debate about them. Only thing I got time to do is take his word, stand on it, and believe God for it. How many want to see the power in 21? How many like to see all your finances turn around in 21? How How many like to see the virus just stopped in 21? Well, it says he worked with them. Confirming his word with signs and wonders. How many of you like God just to, you just say it, he confirms it. My job is just to speak his word. Not, he's the one that's making it. I, I see, I hear some of you, Myrtle, I didn't know it was crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus died and rose on the third day. I believe Jesus gave his power, his gifts to me. I believe that. I I would not be doing what I'm doing had I not believed God gifted me. Oh, you didn't. I belabored over this message all week long because how am I going to tell them that there is power available to you but you are responsible to receive the gift. You are responsible. Listen, it has become vogue to become cynical, distrusting, critical. Listen, your cynicism, your distrust is going to get you nowhere. You're going to have to believe again. You're going to have to get excited again. You're going, to have, you're going to have to risk it again. They brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They needed diapers and formula and a new change of clothes. But they brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I mean... What do you give somebody that's got everything? I mean, this is God. What are you going to give to God? The only way you ever give God anything is that he gave it to you before you gave it to him. Because you got nothing to give if he hadn't already given it to you. Say with me, I'm gifted. But they brought to him what he had already given to them. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The stepchildren. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gifts that he's given to me, I'm supposed to give back to him. 
The power is found when I return to him that which he gave. When I receive this life that he's given to me and I return that life to him, can I tell you, lightning goes off. And, and they write gold. Did you know gold is beaten from a rock? That, 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 that they chip out stone and they beat the gold out of the rock. Do you know frankincense comes because you take a tree and you bruise it really hard and you get, the, the, you get it out of a tree that's been bruised. That myrrh is, comes from the crushing of a root. They brought to the one who would be beaten, to the one who would be bruised, to the one who would be crushed. They brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh because he would be beaten. He would be bruised, and he would be crushed, and the gifts would reveal who he is and the future that is in front of him, and God has given you a gift, and that gift reveals your destiny, but you have to be bold enough to take the word that he's given to you and let it beat you. Let it bruise you. Let it crush you. Let it bring you under submission to him. Because when you do, the exceeding greatness of his power towards those of us who believe according to the working of his power that he used when he raised Christ from the dead. When you submit to the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, and you know that these gifts that he's given you will take your very life in the moment of that weakness, there is something called resurrection power that goes to work. Every gift God's ever given me, I've had to give it back and watch it work in me the death of Quentin so that I might decrease, that he might increase. Are you listening to me this morning? There is a power available to every one of you in this room. He has given you his word. He has given you his Christ. He has given you the power of that word. But you have to be willing to give it back. And it's in that giving of the back. Hmm. Our biggest decision this morning is to lean on the world or to lean on the word. It's our biggest decision. After they had given their gifts, they were warned, don't go back that way. I'm warning you, don't go back that way. Don't go back to the way it was. Don't go back to normal. Don't, don't even ask for that. God, I want you to show me another way. I, I, I want you to show me the way you want me to walk that I wasn't walking when this started. I want you to show me how I need to be worshiping that I wasn't worshiping before this started. I, I, I want to make this transition into this new time, into this new world, under this new king. I, I, I want 2020 to be a demarcation to where I never go back to what I was before. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on. That's 
Don't let 2020 be a waste. Let it be a demarcation. I spent a little more time alone this year. Spent a little time distance this year. I spent, I ain't going back. In the midst of the darkness, we saw the star. His name was Jesus. In the midst of it, we see the star. We know we're gifted. Let's don't go back. Let's don't go back to that. We, the empire is dead. The things of men are dead. We are headed towards a marriage supper of a lamb. We are headed towards something that is so mind-blowing. We are headed towards the manifestation of the kingdom of God. And you're going to have to let go of the things of this world. If you want to know the power of God, you're going to have to let go of the things of this world. Some of you are going to hear this word and go, wow, I want that. Some of you are going to hear that and say, well, that's nuts. It's been going on for about 2,000 years, Dale. But I'm telling you, as for me, I want to see that power. I want to see that kind of power. It isn't going to just heal viruses. It's going to raise people out of chairs. Right? I mean, if we have enough guts to step on this. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation? Peter Flesh and blood didn't show that to you, but my father. Hmm. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has prepared for them, but the spirit of the living God. I'm praying this morning that the eyes of your understanding would be so flooded with wisdom and of revelation that you might know the hope of your calling. You might know the riches of his glory. And you might experience the exceeding greatness of his power towards you who believe that the next few months would be the most power-filled the church has ever known. I really believe this. If we'll lean into this, God's power manifests in every one of our lives. Brandon, I don't know if you know, realize, you may think I'm nuts, but I know you're here because of God's protection. Amen. I know you're here because of that. Amen. There's some of you, I know Mark's alive tonight because of God's protection. Katie, I know that there may be lingering issues, but I know that God, if God hadn't done it, the other outcomes would not have been good. I can name two people in the last two weeks. They called us all in because they were going to die. They're home today. They're home today. I got to tell you. In the midst of all the stuff that you hear that's bad, there are miracles taking place. If you'll focus on those things and put more pressure on the word of God, the power of God will go beyond anything you can imagine. Hallelujah. Don't get caught up in the social issues. They are but symptoms of a spiritual war. Don't get caught up in them. Paul writes to Timothy and says, a good soldier does not entangle themselves with the affairs of this world. Paul says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds that have kept us in bondage. Father, my prayer this morning is those that are listening by television, by listening by podcast, 
My prayer this morning is all that are in this room this morning, that, Father, you might flood them with light, that you might flood them with wisdom and revelation, that a prophetic reality would begin to take place in their lives, and that scriptures, words, gifts that they have just almost let go of would come to life again. That, Father, we would recover our love for your word. We would recover the reality that we are gifted. That, Father, we would apply faith in those areas and that your power would begin to manifest in every area of our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leave you with one thought. Where two or three agree, where there is unity, there is blessing. The greatest trigger of the power of God is our agreement. When we become one, when we begin to agree that nothing but the Word, what if everybody in this room begin to say, if it's in the Word, I'm going to apply pressure to that. If it's in the Word, I'm going to start saying that. I need you to say that. I need you to say that. I need you to say that. I need you to pray that. Uh, let's just, just apply pressure to the Word. Where there is agreement, the power of the one. Amen? Stand with me this morning. Look at your neighbor and look them right in the eye. You're gifted. No, no, no. Look, look at your other neighbor. They didn't get it. You are gifted. Look around at somebody and say, you have the power of God in your life. You don't need batteries. You don't need to be recharged. You, you, you're gifted with the power of the living God. Oh my God. Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time.